This is Nancy. And this is Dana. And you're listening to the NY Foodie Family Podcast. Thanks for joining us for another episode of NY Foodie Family Podcast. This is episode number five. So excited to talk about our first segment. It's Minnewaska State Park. So, Nance, why don't you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about Minnewaska State Park and uh, a little bit what, what we were doing there. Sure. So, Minnewaska State Park Preserve is in Kerhonkson, New York, which is in Ulster County. And from us in living in northern Westchester County, it was a little over an hour drive, like an hour and 15 minutes to get there. Um, the park is located, the hiking trails are located on the Shawangunk Mountain Ridge, also known as the Gunks to the locals. And we went there to do some hiking. We sure did. And uh, they have quite an extensive hike trail. They give you a map at the at the front gate. And you can really just combine number of hike trails, uphill, downhill. They have two lakes, right? Yes, they have Lake Minwaska and Lake Owasting. And you can make the lot the the lakes uh, an early stop or a late stop or avoid them all together. Really, you can just make your your hike as um, as challenging or as laid back as you want. You can actually drive up and park right by the lake if you just want to have a day out. Uh, it's a beautiful stop, uh, plenty of trees and uh, beautiful lake, and it's they got lifeguards too, which is great. Yeah, so we did not realize when we went that you can actually go swimming in the lake. So we weren't prepared with our bathing suits, unfortunately, because the day we did visit was actually pretty warm. So just an FYI, you know, pack those bathing suits. Yeah, it was very warm. Uh, As it turned out, we did a lot of uphill. Uh, We kind of tired ourselves out. By the time we got to the lake, we were, uh, you know, probably three quarters through our day by then. We were getting a little, little tuckered out. And if we had, you know, maybe planned ahead, brought the suits, we might have refreshed and kept on going. But we had uh, given ourselves plenty of reasons to go back, if you know what I mean. Yes. The park is over 22,000 acres and has over 50 miles of hiking trails. And we barely did, I think, round trip four miles altogether. So we have plenty more hiking to do there. Plenty more hiking. Uh, they do allow bicycles, which were, uh, you know, barreling downhill in some spots. You had to get out of their way. And they do allow horses on, on some, if not most of the trails. We yes. did not, we did not see any horses. We did not. Um, and I don't know if there are special trails for that, but yeah, their horseback riding is allowed. And you can obviously bring your dogs, which we saw tons of on our visit. So many dogs. We were a little dog jealous. Yeah, there were so many, and we don't have one. But everybody can else we rent dog? Maybe borrow a dog. Maybe we can invent a dog rental. I don't know. <laughs> I know. But that was the perfect place for it. It was. One of the main reasons of visiting Minnewaska State Park Preserve, though, was to see the waterfall. Um, so the popular, I think what it's most known for is Awasting Falls, which is a 60 foot tall waterfall. Um, actually 
right very near the beginning of the trails right by the parking lot yeah i mean uh it was probably one of the first things that you saw uh one of the reasons you probably wouldn't drive all the way out there and just do the falls and go back is that there is uh it's very popular uh for us there was 20 minute wait just to get parking yes it's ten dollars for parking so for for you to make a, a long day into a short one just to go see the falls i would i would say make a more you know a complete day out of it see the lake do some hiking um the falls are great but considering the reasonable amount of uh trouble you have to go through to to park and to to get there i would plan on making other plans around that yes so like dana mentioned there is an upper parking lot up by lake minnewaska so if we had planned better we probably would have hiked to the falls Awasting falls taken our pictures um hiked back up to the car and then driven up to lake minnewaska and then do some more hiking up there because that's where a lot of the trails are um but we didn't we hiked from the falls up to the lake which was all uphill so we were kind of tuckered out by the time we got to the lake it was very uphill i think it was the carriage trail so it was it was rocky but um yeah well we we would probably do a little bit differently next time and there's definitely gonna be a next time yes and i do recommend before we do most of our hikes in the area we do check out the website hike the hudson valley because they have guides for almost every trail in the Hudson Valley, including Minwaska State Park Preserve. Um, and they map out some of the best routes to get the best views and, you know, where to stop and which, tra- which way, which trails you have to take. Um, so we didn't get to follow it all the way um, because we did stop, but definitely worth checking out. Yeah, big thank you to uh, Hike the Hudson Valley. They are realistic about how difficult that your uh, your trip's going to be as far as um, you know on a scale of one to ten uh they'll tell you how uh, rewarding your view is going to be if that's if that's what you're into and we are yes that that's a big one that's, for us on that's a big one for us you know we, we want uh reasonably challenging with the, with a big payoff and, and 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 they make it easy to find some of those good trails based on location and they do a lot of hard work to uh, make our our life easy when we do want to go on a hike Yes. So definitely worth checking them out, especially if you want to do a decent length hike um, at Minnewaska State Park Preserve because they have it all mapped out. Um, and just so just some other news, they are in the process of building a visitor center, which is expected to be completed in the spring of 2020. We did when we were hiking. See, I think we hiked past where the visitor center may be. I'm not sure. I know we saw some construction vehicles and things um so it is very popular it's a very popular state park so it will be nice to see you know an information center water refilling that kind of stuff there yeah you can tell the state's putting a fair amount of uh, money in it it's it's good to see uh it's it's uh, getting built up and it's clean and they're making it a lot more pleasant as far as parking and visiting uh, with the with the new visitor center but I think visitor centers, I don't know, phase two, three, or four, they've they've clearly done a lot of work already, which is which is really nice. Yes. Um, and like you mentioned, you can swim in the lakes. They are staffed by lifeguards on duty. Um, so definitely worth doing if you're planning on visiting um, before it gets too cold. 
And they also have a nature center, which we weren't able to visit, uh, which is also another reason that we need to go back. Well, now I want to go back. Maybe we'll wait till it cools off a little. Yes, I think fall would be a great time to go check it out. Plus, I think just the landscape will look so different with the leaves and the foliage and stuff. So definitely adding it to our list. I'm sold. So if you're looking for a fun, family-friendly hike with some rewarding views, waterfalls, beautiful lake views, definitely check out Minnewaska State Park Preserve in Crohonkson, New York. In this next segment, we're talking about Boundless Adventures, which is on the campus of Purchase College down in Purchase. Um, I just want to preface this by saying uh, Boundless Adventures did host our family um, for our visit, and we do have a blog post with pictures and more information, which we'll link to in the show notes in case you want to see pictures and read more about it. So uh, just to let you know what it is, if you're not sure, haven't heard of it, Boundless Adventures is a treetop adventure park. What would you say about our visit, Dan? I got to say that we had so much fun. I think we probably used our three hours, you know, down to the last minute, if I remember right. Yes. So it was uh, definitely physically intensive. You're, uh, You're at heights at times. Uh, you're, you're dragging and climbing and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give you a quick description on, on what Boundless Adventures is. But after, after three, three hours of that, we were, um, kind of disappointed that that came to an end considering how much, uh, exercise and activity we were doing. Yes. So, uh, just to take it from the top, when you get there, it is on the Purchase College campus. There is a parking lot, especially for Boundless Adventures, and that's where the check-in building is. You do have to sign a waiver before you participate. Um, And the park is across the street from the parking lot. Um, Just to be aware, when you get there, you are given a full harness system and protective gloves to wear. And they do use a special carabiner safety system. Because I have to say, when you see pictures of some of the elements of the park, I think my biggest fear is like, oh my gosh, how am I not going to fall and like hurt myself? Yeah, you definitely, you definitely don't want to plummet to your death. It's, it's, it's impossible. The uh, very, the very specialized carabiner system, uh, they, they do do a 15, 20 minute tutorial right up front on how to use it. And you think when you walk up to that station that you're never going to understand it, but five minutes in, you're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, five minutes on with the course, you're, you're natural. Yes. I do think there is a slight learning curve in the beginning, because like you said, at, at the briefing station where they were training us how to use it, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to remember how to do this. Um, but you do, it is like, you get the hang of it. Yeah. And what is it? Only one, like you can't have both parts off both carabiner it's, parts. It's off impossible to have both off until you get to the end and they let you out. Yeah, so you're always hooked on to to something, which is very reassuring. Typically both, and then it's one as you're trying to get around a obstacle, whether it's latching on and off around a pole or something like that. But at no time is there any chance you're going to get zero clips on and, and at any risk of falling off. It's very safe. Yes, and like Dana mentioned, the price 
of your visit includes three hours of active climbing. So there is like a 15, 20 minute briefing training session before you begin. And then you get three actual hours of climbing and they have, I believe nine courses and three levels or four levels of difficulty. So when we started, I know we started with the yellow, which is the beginner courses. Um, Connor and I did all three yellow beginner courses, but I know you and Abby kind of scooted along and did the green intermediates. And then you moved to the blue. I think you did one or two blue advanced. Yeah, they, they were, they were hard. Not only were they more advanced from a higher up standpoint, they typically put the highest and most difficult challenges on the harder ones, obviously, but uh, they were physically demanding too. It wasn't just uh, mental, you know, preparedness. There, there was, you know, you had to be pretty out there and, and do a lot of fair, a lot of climbing and swinging uh, that that maybe some of the younger kids weren't able to do. And they did have age restrictions. Some of them you weren't able to do, regardless of of, uh, of if you brought a adult with you. And some of them you had to bring an adult, and you had to be a certain age too. Yes, I think you had to stick to just the yellows. If- with you so just that's something to keep in mind too um and adults you know i honestly didn't think i could do some of these things but it was surprising at you know i surprised myself at what i could do um each course has many different elements i think they almost every one of them has some type of zip line beams bridges um i don't know i know was it the blue course one of the ones at the end abby did you guys did a fall was that it like a jump yeah we don't want to put a spoiler on it because it is it is uh, something you kind of had to experience for yourself but there is uh despite being very safe uh, a bit of a uh, leap of faith they call it and uh you know there is a it goes up tall and then you're you're at the ground and i, I won't i won't ruin the surprise on how you get from here to there but there is a fair amount of uh, trust and uh, leap of faith, as as they call it. Yes. And don't be worried about, you know, getting stuck or, you know, needing help because there are staff members on the ground kind of watching. And I know at one point, um, if you don't hook the zip line correctly, it can kind of drag, I think. And I know at one point Connor had gotten stuck um, and they actually have these huge long poles that they can help you and move you down uh, to the next platform um, to assist you. So you'll never get stuck anywhere. Um, There are plenty of staff to help you with that. Yeah. They're out climbing. They're on the corners. They're watching, they're uh, observing. So I got, I will give them credit for that. They are pretty much wherever you need them to be within, uh, you know, within a very short period of time. Yeah. So overall it was definitely challenging but in a good way, because I know when we finished, we were all like, wow, we feel so accomplished. We can't believe we did that. Like, it, it was just such a great feeling. Um, and it was so fun because I was with um, our son for basically the whole thing while you were off with our daughter doing the more challenging ones. But even at some points where I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. He was there like cheering me on. Come on, mom. You got this. You can do it. It was really nice. It was good. It was good teamwork. You guys, you guys uh, teamed up very well and we teamed up really well. And, uh, you know, one, one thing we didn't mention is that they, they give you, well, they let you borrow gloves, right? So some heavy duty gloves 
and you're like, oh, I don't know, are gloves really necessary or are they going to, uh, you know, you know, just kind of give me things to make me feel safe. But uh, all of the, um, you know, the, the course is in twisted uh, metal uh, wire and cord. So it's like climbing around on a suspension bridge. So your hands would get ripped up if you didn't, if you didn't wear gloves. So, yes, I'm glad they give them. I'm gl- glad they give those out. And it's a place that you can go back to more than once. We have not been back yet, but I think it's something that we should definitely plan on doing because we did have such a great time while we were there. Um, and, you know, now that fall's coming and it's a little less hot outside, you know, it's something I think that we'd enjoy doing again. Yeah, and they have picnic benches. So uh, I think they were hosting birthday parties and you could bring, uh, I think you can you bring your own food in too. Yes, I think you have to bring your own food for i don't think they serve food at all yeah they did sell some snacks and things uh waters and things in the like check-in building yeah but yes. so for the details here uh the cost for ages 12 and up is 59 dollars for three hours of climbing ages 7 to 11 is 54 dollars um and just to be aware, they have an event coming up. They're having a glow in the park on September 7th, and they're hosting it from 6 to 11. It's $39 for two hours, and you can pick a two-hour uh, time slot uh, when you go to buy tickets on the site. Um, and the glow is at night where you climb under the laser lights, and you get to wear glow necklaces, and that sounds kind of fun, and it actually sounds like a little more scary you know adding the adventure level taking it up a notch definitely sounds scary fun though yeah so definitely worth checking out um you can purchase your tickets and it's recommended to do so beforehand online because you get to reserve your time that you want to climb in general not just for the glow party but overall um because they do have set time slots when they allow Uh, groups of people in so looking for something fun to do especially now in the fall now that the weather's cooling off a little and you want to spend some time outside definitely worth checking out boundless adventures on the campus in purchase college and i will have uh links to their website as well as our blog post in the show notes stay tuned for our next segment So in our final segment of today's podcast, we are talking about meal planning. With September coming and back to school, meal planning is going to be more important than ever for our family. So we thought we'd talk a little bit about how we create our meal plan. Full disclosure, I'm giving 100% credit to Nancy. That is my genius move of the day. Uh, Nance, take it away. (laughs) So... Normally, we get our group circular, and I sit there and look at what's on sale and what we already have stocked in the freezer, and then I find recipes that kind of go with what's available. I do have to say that one of the things that I rarely do is actually make the same recipe twice, so I might make the same dish like stroganoff let's say but i may use different recipes 
a manual finding new recipes and trying new things. So not for everybody. However, I do think meal planning is important. It helps so that we all know what we're having for dinner. I actually write it in a planner. So even the kids don't have to ask, oh, what are we having for dinner? Because they know where they can find it in our family's planner. Um, And it also helps keep your family on a budget. So you're not, you know, at the last minute being like, I don't know what I'm making. Uh, Let's order pizza or let's get takeout. So uh, planning definitely helps. And here's the challenge. You know, there are 10 billion recipes out there. Uh, You know, when I was a kid, they probably had three cookbooks, only barely exaggerating. It was probably... (laughs) The Joy of Cooking, uh, Betty Crocker, and uh, Julia Child's French Chef. And, you know, one of those things probably fit into your lifestyle. And you went flip back and forth, and you made page 17, and then you checked that off, and you came back and make it 100 times. And the vast selection of easily accessible free recipes out there, it's so much. I, I don't know how you do it. And you said, hey, just go make something. And if I'm not whittled down... Uh, my 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 eyes start spinning and I go down the rabbit hole of well that looks pretty good too I guess how do you do it? Okay, I agree. The number of recipes out there is overwhelming. It it really is. Even to me, it is. Um, so we have a bunch of cookbooks, and I rarely cook in the cookbooks anymore. It's actually kind of sad. Um, but I do subscribe to two cooking magazines. I sub- still subscribe to Cooking Light and Everyday with Rachel Wright. So magazine-wise, when the magazines come, I'll kind of look through them, and then I just rip out the recipes that look interesting and that I think I might make so we don't have piles of magazines um, stacking up. But there are also so many blogs out there, and as you start cooking and experiment with cooking in the kitchen, you'll kind of get used to your favorites or know which uh, blogs have recipes that you think your family will like. Um, so... Several ones that I really enjoy are Half Baked Harvest, How Sweet Eats, uh, Closet Cooking. So those three are and damn delicious. So those I subscribe to those blogs and I get emails when they make new recipes. And I have to say, those are the ones that I use their recipes a lot. Um, However, you know, for people who are new to meal planning, I recommend, you know, Go with your family's favorites, your standbys, and then maybe try one new recipe a week um, because it is slightly overwhelming. Um, And you can also go with themes. So I know some people love Taco Tuesday and they'll have tacos every Tuesday. But instead of, you know, doing the same taco, maybe switch it up each week. Maybe one week do ground beef, one week do chicken, one week do shrimp. Um, mix it up that way. I tend to try and do, you know, uh, one pasta dish a week, do one chicken dish a week, um, one Asian themed dish. And Fridays, we usually almost always make homemade pizza, which you make. (laughs) I make it. I don't plan it. I just, it's the same dough it is every week. Well, you know what you're doing, like, and you make it really well. So there you go. Okay, fine. I'll take, I'll take credit for pretty crispy pizza but i don't know how uh you know you you go from just an empty page and uh you know just come up with fantastic for the week and i think you know what you said about what do we have on what do we have on hand 
which we probably stocked up on sale and what's what's you know on on discount on the circular this week i guess that kind of leads you towards some right answer yes and then i also as i get those emails um with the blog recipes you know i'll just keep them in my notes section like oh this looked good and i I just have a running list as well so if i'm looking for ideas um i can refer to that of like oh you know i wanted to make this recipe um cooking seasonally also helps so we're in the summer and there's lots of fresh produce so now i'm looking at a lot of tomato recipes um zucchini things like that to try and use what's in season which is also helpful we talked a couple episodes uh, ago about uh, doing uh, farm shares and getting random vegetables every week. And that we, we said, listen, we'll, we'll let you know what, what kind of di- disruption that has on our meal planning. This, yes. this is it. That's today. Yes. So, you know, for, for Nancy to go through all that and to plan out the week and then in the middle of the week have uh, 10 pounds of, uh, you know, Swiss chard. Uh, what is that going to do to disrupt the week? Uh, that's where I guess for a lot of, for a lot of the time it ended up as a side dish that we could say, listen, we're having this and that. Right. So it wouldn't be too disruptive, but, uh, you you know, you're not really great at just starting the middle of the week and just throwing a wrench in it. No, I'm not like, that's just my type A like personality. Like I'm super organized and like, like everything planned out. That's just me. Um, but I do have a calendar where, you know, I just put the, the week's recipes that I've picked out. Um, and then I kind of like circle it as I make the grocery list to make sure that I've gotten all the ingredients I need for that recipe. Um, and then I highlight it once I've used it, use, cook the recipe. Um, I don't necessarily put them in order of the day that I'm making it for the week on my little calendar. I just kind of write it out and... Then once I have all the recipes, I kind of plan it based on, number one, what our schedules are like for the week. So if, you know, there's Boy Scouts and a field hockey game or piano lessons and Girl Scouts, kind of have to, you know, those nights, it's going to be a super quick, easy meal. Um, On other nights, when I have more time, I might do a more labor intensive recipe but I have to say for the most part I am always looking for quick easy recipes and I just prefer homemade food versus getting takeout all the time really it's not um I think that's really why I do it although uh, you know I do like it when Abby compliments me it's like you should open up a restaurant (laughs) you make really good food (laughs) I'm like no no that's that's the worst thing we could do right um, but no, just because it's simple and or fast does not make, make it not flavorful. It, it, it almost always is. Um, the preparation, you know, for a more complex one on, on some of those, you know, we got four things going on the following day evenings. You know, you and I will try to pitch in and, and get things like pre-cooked a little bit um, wherever possible, which sometimes is not possible. You know, some, sometimes you just got to make it in a in uh, the order that it's made you can't do any pre-work you know right well some of like the easy things that we can pre-cook is like fried rice so like will you cook the rice in the rice cooker either the day before or in the morning and then all you have to do is heat the rice up 
throw in whatever veggie veggies and proteins you, you want and the sauce and our kids love it. Like that's quick and easy. Um, I know you are really good in helping out if it's a slow cooker recipe, like you'll prep the slow cooker in the morning before we leave for work or you'll make pre-make meatballs or like meatloaf or burgers. So then when I get home, I just have to cook it, but they're like, it's ready in the fridge for when we get home. So you're really good that way too. So the it's a, it's the a tough effort. part is getting it is not getting it cooked. I can I can cook stuff in the morning, but getting it cooled down to put it in the fridge so I can get out of the house. True. You know, getting that rice cooker is done, and you know it pops up and it does all the rice cooking by itself. But now you're stuck with a you know five thousand degree hot bowl of rice that is not going in the fridge anytime soon. So right. I've been no- I've been known to float the uh, the rice uh, cooking vessel, whatever you want to call it. In, in like a giant bowl of ice to try to get the cool down because uh, otherwise it would take hours. Yeah, no. And I do appreciate it. Um, and what we actually started a couple weeks ago, and unfortunately the kids are away for the next two weeks with their grandparents, each set of grandparents, um, while we finish up working and, you know, summer camp is over, um, is we actually had the kids pick a recipe. One week my daughter picked the recipe and cooked it. And she actually did it twice, I have to say. And our son just did it last week, too, because I remember growing up, uh, my mom had me do this. I think I was a little older than them, actually, probably more in high school. But we're starting them early. (laughs) But yeah, so what we did was we had the kids each pick a recipe that they wanted to cook and eat, obviously. Um, They let me know what ingredients they needed. So I added it to the shopping list and then they pretty much cooked the meal and I did the supervision, um, helping and assisting when needed. But, you know, Connor made bacon, mac and cheese. Abby made some sort of creamy tomato, basil, veggie pasta. And then she did that egg sandwich dish. Um, so that's helpful too. And I said, now you need to start doing that too. So I believe I already did. I think I already got on the, uh, the, the, the kids project. So just count me as kid number three, as you often do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's helpful too, especially if you have older kids. So we have an 11 and a 13 year old who have a little bit of experience in the kitchen. Um, but you know, instead of hearing them complain, Oh, I don't like that. Or I don't want to eat that. Well, now you're picking something. So one night a week there's going to be a meal that I know you're going to enjoy because you picked it and it helps tremendously on my end just not having to cook every week and probably will not complain about it exactly the end result I mean maybe complain about having to do it but not complain about the end result yes so on the blog I haven't been keeping up with it but I did for weeks I mean I probably have over a year's two years worth of weekly menus on the blog, which I'll link to the main page. But I used to do a weekly menu of what I had cooked and I added pictures and I gave a a brief review and rating of what we thought of it, how easy it was. So if you're looking for a variety of different recipes, because like I said, I rarely make the same thing twice and I pull recipes from a variety of places um check out some of those weekly meal plans that i did um if you're looking for some new things to try 
Why don't you share with our readers the very fancy uh, method in which you write down the calendar of, of weekly weekly meals? Go ahead. It's, a, it's scrap paper. Like, I'm sorry. I hate wasting paper. So it's, you know, a, a flyer the kids bring home from school and it's blank on one side or some old printouts, whatever. I, I turn it over. I write the month, the days, and it's all in pencil so I can erase you know, and change things as needed, but that's how I meal plan. It gets the job done. It's a it's a hand drawn grid of delicious. How about that? It it is, and then I just add the meals into the planner on the days, so the kids know what we're eating, and they don't need to annoy me with what are we what are we having for dinner? I'm like, go check the planner. Go check the planner. Yes. So I hope everybody starts meal planning. You know, as the school year begins, it like I said, I find it so useful. And helping us keep organized and not have to worry each day what we're going to do for dinner. Oh, my gosh. It's like 6 o'clock. We need to eat. So if you're new to it, I will link a blog to a blog post that I did ages ago about how we meal plan. Um, And like I said, I will also link to some of our weekly meal plans with our recipes and reviews. And if you have any great recipes that you make... Um, please let me know because I'm always on lookout for new recipes and always looking to cook new things. So, you know, email us at nyfoodiefamilypodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap things up with our quick hits of the week. So we're wrapping things up with this week's quick hits. Do you want to start, Dane? Yeah, let me kick off the quick hits of the week. So uh, first quick hit, uh, the Industrial Arts Brewing Company opened a new location in Beacon uh, this past week. They have a tasting room, a deck with views of Mount Beacon. They are currently not yet producing beer at that particular location, but they're serving beer at the home office at the original uh, brewery in Garnerville, the Garnerville Brewery. Uh, Love to check that out. So yeah, so they're serving... The beer brewed at Carnival Brewery, they're not brewing their own yet at that location. Not producing beer, serving beer. Yes. Otherwise, it would not make sense. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so Beacon is, you know, really becoming one of the uh, leading towns in the local brewery department. So that sounds like another one that we're going to have to check out. Yeah, we've not only been to uh, local breweries up there, but they also have a distillery that we'll talk about in a future episode. Yes, so definitely put Industrial Arts Brewing Company on your radar. Quick hit number two, uh, Peekskill, which is uh, near and dear to our heart, uh, right on the Hudson, is is and has come a long way. Uh, Peekskill has never had a terrible reputation, but they've they've come up over the last, say, decade. And as part of a New York State downtown revitalization initiative, Peekskill was selected to receive uh, $10 bucks to enhance the downtown area, which is uh, great to hear. You know, they have I know. I'm excellent, excited. Excellent growth in the restaurant space. They have a restaurant row um, and right on the Hudson, beautiful views, new walkway. So I'm curious to see where they spend their $10 million bucks, but uh, should be a really excellent development for 
a city that I think is is uh, going in the right direction. Yes. So I've heard currently they're planning um, how they're going to be spending the money, and you know the public will learn soon um, which projects they will be funding with that money that they receive. So, you know, as we find out things, we'll share them here. But it is exciting to hear that, you know, a local town to us is going to experience even more revitalization. So that's exciting. It sure is. I, uh, I'm looking forward to see how things, how things go over the next few years, for sure. Yes. So our next quick hit is if you are looking for some family fun Hoopla, a roller skating pop-up, um, is taking place at the Cross County Shopping Center. It started August 17th, and it's open through September 2nd. Admission is $10 and includes skate rentals for a one-hour session. They are open Monday through Saturday, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m., and on Sundays, 1 to 6 p.m. Um, just please be aware, they are a no-cash operation, so it's credit or debit only um there are not a lot of roller skating or skating venues in general in the area um the only one that i'm aware of is where our kids went to camp recently up in um dutchess county they went to roller magic um but they did have a great time so unfortunately i will not be getting on a pair of roller skates anytime soon for fear of breaking bones i don't know about you um but maybe some other people would like to take their kids <laughs> and check it out. Is roller skating coming back or is it so old that it's new kind of ha ha retro let's go do it because it's so old or is it kind of kind of fun and fresh again? I have no idea. I mean this pop up makes it sound like I mean do most kids even know what roller skates are? I can't even say that rollerblading is something that's been around for the last 20-ish years, too. So it's all kind of old. That was in when, like, I was growing up. Rollerblading was, like, a new thing, right? Like, when we were younger? It's it's very 90s. Um, Not to say that people aren't doing it. I'm not making fun of people that rollerblade today, but I haven't seen anybody on rollerblades to make fun of. (laughs) No, I I haven't either. So, yeah, now, between the kids going roller skating with camp and, although were much easier they tried both because this roller magic offers skates and rollerblading and they said the rollerblading was much easier but um yeah so i guess this is a great way to introduce kids to roller skating but um i don't know send us a message is roller skating back or is it just kind of retro fun Uh, (laughs) send us your opinions please i need to know (laughs) yes but you know if you're you want to look looking for something fun to do with the kids um you know, definitely worth checking out if, you know, you're okay with them getting on skates. I personally was happy the kids came home from their trip with no broken bones. Um, they weren't as much of a fan of roller skating as they were rollerblading. Um, and they are actually away now. And, um, and we come back when this pop-up ends. So, unfortunately, we won't be making a stop at hoopla the roller skating pop-up but definitely worth checking out for other families yeah you guys check it out the only way i know how to roller skate from back in the day is to hold on to dear life along the edge of the wall so count me out (laughs) i know (laughs) 
Oh, okay. And finally, we're going to wrap things up with our restaurant spotlight. This week, we are spotlighting Countryside Kitchen in Mayapak in Putnam County. They are home of the famous cannoli pancake, which we, of course, tried. Um, Just to be aware, the restaurant is fairly small. So small. And um, there is no waiting area. So I know when we had gone... Um, they were like, oh, can you come back? You know, we'll text you when your your table's ready. And we just sat out in the car for a little bit. Luckily, it wasn't too cold. Um, but there is no, you know, seating area or waiting area. Um, and it does get crowded on the weekends. They are well known for their breakfast. They only serve breakfast and lunch and are open for breakfast and lunch. They are usually closed on Mondays, but they have a an amazing breakfast menu i don't know about lunch we were there for breakfast but um so like i mentioned we did have the famous cannoli pancakes it is huge it is one of their homemade pancakes filled with cannoli filling and topped with cannoli filling um we had the french toast bites which were deep fried french toast cubes sprinkled with powder sugar and drizzled with a raspberry syrup connor had the pancake tower which honestly wasn't anything spectacular i would avoid getting that but he really wanted it It was stacked pancakes with sausage bacon and eggs and that was it literally stacked on top of each other to make a tower but you know he he wanted what he wanted and he ate almost all of it um and you actually had the winning dish as much as we liked the cannoli pancake you had the dirty benny and i think that was my favorite dish it, it, it was the winning pick. Um, yeah. It was poached eggs, which is always a win. Anything with poached egg, runny egg, uh, usually usually gets the win. Corned beef hash is one of my favorite things ever, so I had to get it. You combine that with the poached eggs, home fries over biscuits. It's uh, – oh, and the hollandaise sauce, homemade yep. hollandaise sauce. And for 12 bucks, it was so good. Yeah, it was nice and savory after all the sweet stuff we were eating. Um, but it was really, really tasty. Um, so I have to say, price-wise, everything was very reasonably reasonably priced. The French toast bites were only six fifty, um, and the biggest, the most expensive item was the cannoli pancake that we had, um, which was thirteen dollars. And we took leftovers home. I mean, we didn't actually eat, eat everything, and we shared, of course, because we always share everything, the four of us. So, you know, we're having bits of everybody's you know of the dishes but we took probably half that cannoli pancake home with us um, yeah that lasted uh for another full meal i think that was that was a lot of food. i think it was actually dessert i think i ate it as dessert you cold. know we did and it was and it was actually really good cold too fyi so um but it's a good thing we'd like to share uh because one person like you would get tired of eating cannoli pancake oh, just yeah. straight on uh, you cannot eat that whole thing like i i just would not be able to eat the whole cannoli pancake in one sitting. Uh, and that cannoli pancake is famous. It's been featured on News 12, I think, Restaurant Hunters. Um, I think it might have even won awards. So um, Countryside Kitchen and Maypack, definitely worth checking out. And I just want to note, I think, was it just the day we visited that they told us the credit card machine? Did they tell us the credit card machine wasn't working? I think they did, but we knew in advance. I think it was posted on the door. I, I don't think that's still true. Okay, because I'm just saying, 
I don't think it's a cash only operation. However, we did have to make sure we had enough cash on us that day. Check the website in advance. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the place is tiny. There's not a lot of parking, which is fine because there's not a lot of seating. But I will say that uh, they're, they're cooking food right on the flat top, right there in front of you. And it's quick and it's yes. generous. And uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a lot of good food. And for those who haven't figured out what Dirty Benny is, it's a play on uh, Eggs Benedict. So you got the poached eggs, you got the uh, corned beef hash instead of the Canadian bacon, and you got the biscuits. Were they homemade biscuits? I think they were. Oh, I'm sure they were. Homemade biscuits and homemade hollandaise. Uh, so it's like Eggs Benedict, but better. So how can you go wrong with that? Yes. So all this breakfast talk is making me hungry. We'll have to make another visit. I'm game. Let's go. Maybe maybe when it's not so cold. It was pretty chilly when we went. Yeah, it was. So check out Countryside Kitchen in Mayapak for some great breakfast. And that wraps up this episode of the NY Foodie Family Podcast. We'll see you next week. Talk Bye-bye. to you soon. Bye.